How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay, hello, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm Emily Rose, and I'm here with TPH, the real star of the show, Sammy P. Hi. The girl everyone's talking about. The girl about town. Oh, you. I mean, you're the star of my heart. The crowds love you. <laughs> We're just happy because we got we got three new reviews today. <laughs> Not only that, but I am very thin-skinned and I can't handle Reddit for some reason, like people saying mean things about me on Reddit more than any other platform. So I don't ever look for my name. Um, But these were separate threads that people had sent me about something else. And in it spotted our podcast coming up. And I felt like people were paid actors because one person was like, I, I recommend the podcast and the Patreon. The Patreon's even better. I'm like, this is not me, <laughs> nor am I paying this person, but did I in my sleep? Because who are you? We love it. We love this free promotion. It's it's manna from heaven. Thank you. Thank you, kind stranger. Oh, promotion. promotion. I was just more like people are saying nice things about me, like unexpectedly. Yeah, like, that's oh my God. Thank you. Yeah, it's more than more than the support emotionally, financially. It's the validation and Mm -hmm. temporarily quenching that profound thirst that lives within me we love to see it we love to see it yeah we do um and yeah so I won't be back on reddit for another three years (laughs) um I feel like like that was I'm gonna leave on a high note yeah um although I do love the arguments in the mycology and embroidery subreddits hmm arguments in the embroidery one yeah oh yeah what happens there people are just fighting about people fight about anything but it's really funny when it's like about threads and you know terminology I don't know like I just love I just love finding a new little section of the internet where people are really passionate and kind of at each other's throats but it's over Mm. something whimsically silly yeah lower stakes that's good right now because everything feels extremely high stakes in the world right now Um, yeah what the fuck is going on with even anything that's happening ever that's going on a real trip to go back to 2012 when this was filmed and think about like god things were different then (laughs) things were different then should we get right into this episode? I, I feel like sometimes we do things just for the listeners. Um, and sometimes we do things for us. And this felt like something for us, which yeah, was... Yeah, nobody asked us to do it. Nobody literally was like, no one. let's hear you two weigh in on the art of drag and <laughs> the legacy literally. of RuPaul's Drag Race. Nobody asked, but we're here anyway to throw our hat in the ring. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing this for us. Um, And that's where we're at. So see see this as a listening in on an act of self-care, a radical act of self-care by us, which is covering RuPaul's Drag Race season five, episode five. But before we do that, I feel like we always talk about our relationship to the show 
beforehand, but this is something that we're referencing constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been in our lives for such a long time. Like, I remember seeing a glimpse of season one at Richard's house, at his parents' house in the living room when we were waiting for, like, a load of laundry or something. And it was... Oh, yeah. It was so heavily airbrushed. It was almost, like, cartoon. Like, it was, like, watching, like, a It was a, a Vaseline filter. Yeah. It was tough to make out even what you were seeing. And then from there to season five was a massive glow up and from season five to where we are now is like two completely different universes we were talking about yeah i i started watching season three and at that point i don't know what network it was airing on but i just know the only way for me to get it was to get in the trenches with limewire like spend Mm. three days trying to download a season um and i would make it work i was an idiot savant even back then with my streaming abilities and my nice. pirating abilities. Yeah. But it, yeah. And then since then, I don't know. I, have you, would you say you've fallen off with watching in the last couple of years? Yeah. I did reach a level of fatigue and saturation that I, I felt like once I really lost, like I fell behind, I was like, fuck, I've really lost sight of like where I was at. And it, it just kept getting further and further in my rear view mirror. But I have watched two episodes from the new current season airing and I'm like, I'm back, baby. I am back. Yeah. They start off every season now with a talent show and they used to just do that for all stars. But now I'm like, thank God, just this is all we want to see. We want to see what the Queens think is their best talent represented just in quick succession. That's all we're here for. And the split premiere where you do like six Queens in one and then Mm -hmm. the other six Queens in the other. It gives everyone a fair shot to show something because there's so much wealth of personality and talent there. Like it was such a waste to try to cram it all into one one hour premiere. And then the person who gets sent home, like truly that's like a devastating loss to not get to show a single thing that was like in your suitcase. And yeah, so they've they've been honing the formula every single year, getting more and more lean and mean since since this episode that we'll be talking about today. And it's 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 incredible now. It's, it's a well-oiled machine. I know. I I I fell off for a bit, but I got back on the bandwagon when it was the only show that Oliver and I both like of the shows we watch. So it's like both unlucky and lucky for us because it's unfortunate that it's just one show, but there's endless multiplications, <laughs> endless variants of the show. So together we've now seen like every season, Canada, UK, Spain versus the world. Um, I've made the hard sell. I've been making the hard sell for Drag Race Mexico, and no one, no one's picked it up yet, except for Kalia, our friend who is like eight months pregnant, stuck in the blistering Australian summer heat, who is stuck inside. She has watched now RuPaul's Drag Race Mexico and said that she loved it. So that's, that's- a huge win for you as an influencer. Even I know. one person influenced is a win. I know. It's essentially been a little war of attrition against my friends to watch Mexico and just one folding is enough, but she liked it. So I'm happy now and I can move on with my life. Uh, which yeah. all, all the variants have that little bit of a different flavor that makes it worth it to attempt to see them all. So like I could see myself one day getting there. But I can barely keep up. Like, I'm trying to watch True Detective. I'm trying to watch this true crime, real life Gone Girl stuff. I'm trying to, like, I have genres, okay? And some of it ruins my mind, my soul, my life, but not Drag Race. Never (laughs) Drag Race. This is a, yeah, this is definitely a soothing bomb for the soil. uh, (laughs) Soil. (laughs) (laughs) The soil needs balm, too. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what's not a soothing bomb for the soul? Why can mm. Soothing bomb for the soul. It you is did that it. is what it is. I did it. Uh, what it is not. I'm already fusing and jamming because I'm getting ready to read you the Billboard hits from the week that this aired. And I think that's what's happening. I'm just malfunctioning because it's okay. actually the most bleak Billboard top five I think we've ever had. So right. we're covering RuPaul's Drag Race season five, episode five aired February 25th, 2013. And so we've got, of that week, Daylight by Maroon 5, 
Suit and Tie by Justin Timberlake, Ho Hey by The Lumineers, Loft Out of Heaven by Bruno Mars, and In Top Place Thrift Store by Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Oh my god. I I thought for sure there'd be at least one song on there that was a bop. I We've never had such a dire list of foul tracks. I know. It's like, it's like we flew too close to the sun in 2008 and burned and crashed the ground and got this. I mean, I didn't... I, if you would have asked me what 2012, 2013 was musically, I would have said, not this bad. Well, this is February 25th. I mean, this is the top five hits. We had, I'm sure if you go through the whole Billboard charts, there'd be some some bops and some some little ditties. But this week, we were not well. We were not okay. And no, we haven't, been, we, haven't, we haven't been since, no. Okay. If I looked, no, she wouldn't... Taylor was Cressy. She was in number six. It was. Oh my God. Not her dubstep era. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Okay. So yeah. Lot, just something just clicked into my mind. This was peak dubstep. This was peak, uh, peak, peak of the dubstep uh, era. I'm pretty like, sure. Like, 20, step, like white, white artists trying to do dubstep poorly. <laughs> whatever was happening at that time we never revisited it we just moved on as a culture (laughs) i know i know all we knew is that as long as we had our suit and tie we were gonna be all right or whatever the fucking justin timberlake song was i don't even know that song and i don't know daylight by maroon 5 either i don't think i know suit and tie oh okay we're gonna lose everyone we're gonna lose everyone before we begin so we gotta charge forward okay we gotta get into this gig so now we begin what is arguably one of the best seasons of all time it is my favorite type arguably you're the only one arguing that i think yeah probably and you have been you have been since the time have i you have not wavered you, I think this was the first season you suggested I start within the whole thing. You were like, the, the talent is amazing. You've got like Jinx, Alaska, Alyssa. And it's like, it's true. Like the, the talent is amazing, but this is such a rough fucking broke ass haggard little season. I've been consistent. Well, yeah. it was. It's, it's <laughs> genuine, which I love. Yeah. Yeah. And also, this was, even though it was 2013, it was before social media fully took force. You didn't have yeah. people insulting people's looks, shaming each other, tr- brutally fighting in that way. No. And reality TV, especially a, a gay show like this, was so niche. Like, so, so niche. Like, you, uh, Instagram was brand new, pretty much. You yeah. weren't going to get tens of thousands of strangers in your comments telling you to kill yourself it just wasn't no. the vibe. they were busy finding the filter for their cup of coffee photo that they were going to post hashtag rupology <laughs> i can't <laughs> wait to talk about that. okay okay um so we're coming off of in the previous episode the first double elimination of all time of honey mahogany and vivian panay can't think of a more embarrassing way to go out than a double <laughs> elimination and it was like a double homicide too. The reaction on set was like the, the girls were shaking in their boots. They were like, "No, no, this can't be real." And RuPaul was like, "Neither of you served Britney realness or something like that." <laughs> like she double yeah. shamed them. I was just like, "Get the fuck out of my sight!" And you can, this has you never can been done. dance. You, yeah, do funny. Do you know you can do a little shtick? Just be marginally just better. Cool yeah you know but they were both very low energy very like sad little lip sync for your life so we're coming off that energy that flop ass energy yeah we're coming off of that this is when rupaul was still alive and had a pep in his step he is long (laughs) since lost that sparkle in his eye he's definitely lost a lot of sparkle in his eye since this that's for sure yeah Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it later. But when he goes to talk to each of the queens before the main challenge, he used to do it one at a time, like in this episode. Now he does them in groups of five. (laughs) He's so over it. Even on air. I know. He can't list 
like even close to how many queens have been on like and i i probably could do better than than rupaul in like listing Wait, list how many queens rupaul famously does not remember one single queen there's <laughs> there's been mul- 12 of them total multiple uh like 0.5 like one on a good day on a good day he remembers jimbo he's obsessed with jimbo fucking really? loves jimbo yeah which i get that um jimbo's great like he brought jimbo back for um something canada versus the world and then again for all stars just regular all stars <laughs> plucked him from canadian <laughs> tv and and anything jimbo said even jimbo commented on like i'll just say anything rupaul will be like ah! <laughs> <laughs> he has his favorites he has like such strong favorites that just tickle yeah. him in a certain way and a lot of the time those queens will go on to become like part of his inner circle or part of his like first called whenever there's another all-stars or something like that and then some of them like he does not care for whatsoever like pearl yeah yeah but even even the favorites like there's been i've seen clips of him with jinx monsoon featured in this episode but also the winner of all-stars all winners being like and this one over here this one's done great (laughs) standing right jinx was standing right next to him and then same with trixie he was like and uh this is a drag con and we have uh <laughs> trixie yeah trixie metallic the most <laughs> famous from this franchise so i think but that he it's- has his own favorites that's what's so interesting is he like completely resists the change of the world and we see this time and time again like he fought for the inclusion of the word tranny. He fought for the inclusion of the segment shemale, which we see on this episode one of the last times. And when the network pressed him to change those, he went out kicking and screaming. He was like, you guys are pathetic. Grow up. Like, stop being such little snowflakes. He also loves yeah. cracking. So <laughs> I actually have a counter argument to the fracking but should we put a pin should we put a pin in the- no we'll we'll talk about let's talk about the fracking let's talk about the fracking it's it was reported on that rupaul's been fracking on his <laughs> wyoming property <laughs> he's been fracking he's not been fracking though i'm not i'm not Wait. gonna defend rupaul it's it's his husband and his land and it's been handed down through the family because uh, his husband comes from a line of wyoming ranchers, ranchers and frackers um and it's land that's adjacent to theirs where the fracking stem they don't actually own it it was fal- some say falsely reported it's up for debate but <laughs> okay what but, but i thought okay there's a clip that i watch actually whenever i'm down which is bob the drag queen and uh peppermint <laughs> where that gets brought up and they're like nope don't talk about the fracking they both just start screaming as they brought <laughs> it up like nope 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 we're not talking about that today because <laughs> something about rupaul is he will cut you off if you even so much as nibble at the hand that feeds he will cut you off forever like willem yeah even alaska right. for doing a podcast with willem is kind of excommunicated mm. Yeah, okay, let me see. In 2020, RuPaul revealed in conversation with NPR that he has begun leasing out his Wyoming ranch to multiple oil companies for the purpose of fracking. And you're saying he's getting set up. Okay, I guess <laughs> he's leasing it. No, he's if you're leasing your land to frack, he's then... not DIY fracking like with the supplies he had on hand, but he's like, "Oh, sweet. You guys want to frack here?" Like, yeah, I'll sell it to you. Okay, so he is fracking. I don't know why I'm defending RuPaul <laughs> I mean, in that like, way. Whatever, he's pro fracking. I'm not saying he's a fracker. Whatever, like he's but he's into fracking and putting his neighboring communities potentially at risk. And but like, who amongst us hasn't? You know, at who some wouldn't point, frack? Who at some who? point hasn't done a little fracking here and there, dabbled? Yeah, little. Someone's like, let me buy that land out from under you and frack. It's like, sure, bud. Yeah, I'd love you're... to be able to buy some fresh fruit at the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't looked at our own sprawling acreage and thought, I wonder if there's some crude oil under there? Hmm, if I subdivide this into a few packages of land. Because <laughs> RuPaul needs the cash real bad. <laughs> um, okay, so we are entering the workroom. I forgot how fucking annoying 
Roxy Andrews detox in Alaska are this season because every time they come into the workroom, they go, Alaska talks. <laughs> I'm like, I get it. If you're like bullied in high school and you're like having your moment of being popular or something, but it's like, I don't, I'm not into it. But mm. they show flashbacks of a fight between Alyssa Edwards and Jay Jolie, uh, or so sort of the remnants of the fallout from last week's runway. Where Alyssa called out Jade on the runway and then Jade said that her view from behind, it looked like two, it looked like a sausage squeezed into a two-piece. <laughs> that was a bit of a mixed metaphor, but we, we got the point. I think I got that message, like a like an uncooked sausage when it's still all squishy, just squishing out. Squeezed into a two-piece. I thought it was like, she looked like a sausage in a bikini. I was like, oh. I, I thought I, I was like man you really can't like I was shocked to see that kind of casual fat shaming on mm -hmm. reality tv you can't do that anymore no you can't just read a queen for filth for being fat actually they kind of can on this show there's still a Even, lot of fat jokes and a lot of the yeah. time they're very funny but this was mean-spirited body shaming from Jay Jolie mm -hmm. in the reading challenge you can yeah but this was more just a little off to the side but also it led to one of the greatest moments from the franchise of Alyssa Edwards turning around going back rolls <laughs> always gets a laugh out of me I mean me there's, Alyssa's one of a kind she might be my favorite queen who's ever competed she's so weird and unique and talented and yeah I would agree everything um, strange looking yeah. yet incredibly beautiful amazing dancer one of the funniest queens ever but is like i am not a comedy queen <laughs> like, yeah just, just her style. i'm a i'm a good christian southern woman honey and i love <laughs> love when she gets on her little i'm a good christian southern woman okay so it's a new day in the workroom we hear Alaska talks and then quickly after we hear oh girl you got she mail i'm like yeah rupaul really did fight for that like really did and that's really evidenced by i heard sasha colby talking the other day about how carrie colby was the first openly trans woman to walk out on onto the into the show as trans like already out and didn't come out on the show or afterwards which oh. is shocking like that's so many seasons in it was like what yeah season? rue was especially resistant to it because of He's his ideas about well, yeah, and he had, like, ideas about the competition being, like, a female impersonator competition for a long time. And then people kind of had to be, like, drag is a lot more than that. And trans drag queens have been here from the beginning and we should just include. Yeah. And, since and have contributed, contributed and built up the art form. And it's, it's wild, actually, like, just how many queens, even in seasons... 15 or 14 onwards how many queens came out as trans like right after the season was over and that just shows yeah. it's like it's like they're thinking it's okay but still maybe not fully acceptable well yeah i mean rue made lots of comments to the press yeah. he's like i wouldn't have someone who'd begun transitioning medically because that's an unfair advantage you know kind of dipping a toe into the horrific arguments we're hearing now about kids and playing sports and gender identity and all that yeah it's kind of a proto that where it's like you're saying it's about one thing like oh if, if a woman was too womanly it would be unfair to the competition as if this competition is just like who looks the most feminine when it's yeah so much more than that yeah yeah and since exactly. then they've had a cis woman a straight cis man right. yep uh, that was the most shocking to me <laughs> I was surprised everybody. That made me question my beliefs. Me and Oliver the whole time we were like, are we close-minded or are you actually straight? Like we just were like, mm -hmm. is this wrong? But are we we're I think he was like completely just comfortable and secure in himself and was fine and Yeah. But it I know it surprise it surprises everyone, but he's just like, Why would I lie? I'm the only one, <laughs> you know, it's like okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah, sure, whatever. And, and his YouTube channel is one of my favorites now oh yeah yeah 
and yeah. and a trans a trans man has one as well i'm gapping on or one it was like a, a, a little goth like cutie pie from the last like five years a little goth cutie pie i don't know i'll find <laughs> out later not got me anyway um so there's an unimportant mini mini challenge where they turn blankets into dresses and then rupaul says they're playing the snatch game and jinx says that this is what she is here to do and i got the chills because jinx went on to be the all-time not just the all-star all-winner but win it through things like snatch game Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Jinx was such a standout and got so much static and struggle through this whole show and was constantly, you know, made to feel like they weren't doing a good job. Their drag wasn't valid and they just came through like a diamond in the rough. Yeah, it completely blew my mind actually to see them all the way that they came into the show because Jake's came in as this underdog who's constantly getting bullied and just talked down to and talked about like her drag's horrible and mm-hmm. even Alaska and fair, came in. There was some horrible drag that that Jinx wore. But... They all did. They they all had <laughs> <Yeah>. busted drag. <laughs> they all were in Forever Twenty One bedazzled dresses and jackets but even alaska came in as the boyfriend of sharon needles the winner of season four like they came in with such like um weight on his shoulders i remember it was like this thing of like is alaska ever gonna separate himself from the name yeah Yeah, or approach sharon now as far exceeded sharon although sharon's kind of been canceled for being a bad person so that was an easy crown to snatch but in the snatch game, uh, we find out Ka- Alyssa Edwards is going to do Katy Perry. Terrible choice. Katy Perry's not funny. You can't really do any impersonation of her. I mean, not at this point. Like she, she just had. She was just in her like whipped cream boob era, and now I think you could do something with Katy Perry becoming flop, kind of. But oh. Would, if At I did time, a Katy Perry impersonation now, I would 100% do when she did that three days of living in that weird room yeah, and to promote her album and cried and did therapy and just laid on the stairs dissociating. That's my favorite Katy Perry. Um, mm-hmm. Shaved head, be- bleached hair Katy Perry. Yeah. And when she did like awkward dancing with Migos, like there's a lot there, but um Teenage Dream Katy Perry, there's really, she's already a bit of a satire of herself and there's nothing you can really do with it. It was doomed from the start, but Detox is going to be Kesha and Jinx is, has chosen Little Edie from Grey Gardens, setting a precedent that changed Snatch Game forever of doing a whatever random mass person that no one's ever heard of. Yeah, exactly. Picking something you can be as niche and weird as you want to be and... I feel like Grey Gardens has gotten a lot more mainstream since then as well. At the time, it was like everyone was like, "What is that?" Like, I don't, I still but, don't know what it is, to be honest. Oh, it's it's amazing. It's it's a documentary, and it's so funny and so interesting and totally worth a watch. Is it? What is it about? It's about um, Jackie Kennedy's eccentric, crazy relatives who had this enormous castle called Great Gardens and then both like the mother and daughter lost their minds in there and like it ended up being just like filled with raccoons and stuff and then a documentary crew comes in and just like films them in their state of just like doddering around this weird falling down mansion and like it's really funny they're great characters and uh, it's interesting it's compassionate it's great oh okay you kind of sold me there yeah, I think I think everyone should watch it. It's a cult camp classic. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm in. Um, well, maybe Jinx made that happen, but and, she and, and Drew Ma- Barrymore has gone on to play Little Edie in a movie they made about Grey Gardens since then. I just wanted to mention, and that's also good. Wow, <laughs> was I feel like Jinx did that? Me knowing I, nothing I about so. the situation. Totally, but. Jinx push this was part of pushing this into the zeitgeist absolutely yeah little things like that can make an a ripple effect like um your favorite person ariana grande 
um, she did a Jennifer Coolidge impression on Jimmy Kimmel a couple years ago, and Jennifer Coolidge said that single-handedly resurrected her career. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And led to her being like on White Lotus and just in all kinds of things and now an Emmy winner. Okay. So anyhow, so RuPaul is in the workroom and at this point still cared enough to talk to each queen individually. um, Alaska's doing Lady Bunny, who is one celebrity that RuPaul knows. That's another challenging thing about Snatch Game is RuPaul knows about Cher and the Supremes and Madonna and not much else. So like even Kesha, he's like, oh, okay. Um, Coco's doing Janet Jackson, which is in RuPaul's wheelhouse. Absolutely. (laughs) But yeah, RuPaul sees a bunch of Kesha stuff at Detox's station is confused. Yeah, what does he say? That is, it's like, is this wig? Um, uh, oh my god, what's her name? That stylist who was called Raisin Face by Mary Kate Olsen. Rachel Zoe. <laughs> Rachel Zoe. Wait, wait, Mary Kate called her Raisin Face? Sorry, sorry, not Mary Kate Olsen. Called that by Nicole Richie. Oh. <laughs> Okay, right. they Nicole were all Richie. clients, and I'm sure that the Olsen twins are not nice behind the scenes as well. So I'm sure whatever. they're not either, but they never have been seen to say anything out of pocket. Nicole Richie, that, that checks out, but <laughs> to just he said this this wig looks like Rachel Zoe was in a fire. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I know, I know. He goes up to another one, is like, is this Margaret Thatcher? But I think it's just covering up that he has no idea who the fuck <laughs> anyone is from current era head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the award-winning movie poor things starring emma stone mark ruffalo and willem dafoe check out the new documentary freaknik the wildest party never told about the iconic atlanta street party and don't miss fx's shogun a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. And then the Snatch Game begins. And, okay, this was another shocking memory that it brought back of what the season created. So, Jay Jolie is playing Taylor Swift. And Jay Jolie was just known as the person who said Alyssa Edward had back rolls. Like, mm-hmm. her... But she did a 3 out of 10 impression of Taylor Swift and it landed her in a Taylor Swift music video down the line. Yeah, it like kind of started her being a Taylor Swift impersonator, which I believe is like her main thing that she does now. Yeah. And it's like we've said about Taylor in the past. If you if you make commentary on her that is 100% positive, she'll she'll like it and she'll lol and maybe put you on the payroll once or twice hmm You will be rewarded. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You will be rewarded for saluting the great leader. But yeah. So Jay Jolie kept it. It wasn't funny, but she knew. Maybe she knew things that we didn't know uh, because 
that became her bread and butter. Detox mm-hmm. is doing a terrible Kesha and Alyssa's doing a terrible Katy Perry. <laughs> An unforgivable mm-hmm. version of both. Actually, most I mean, of them. I Yeah, it was... I think I feel like Kesha flopped harder, personally. But Katy Perry did almost nothing. So it, it's like hard... To, it's really, I, I don't think Rue can ever forgive him being like, so, Katy Perry, you ever kissed a girl? <laughs> and Alyssa replying, Rue, never. <laughs> and at first, at first replying, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty bad. That is so bad. But you're right. And they, I think they reward people for more taking a swing and missing than not taking the swing because like, uh, Detox has a bit where she gets up because she has to pee and then like has a water bottle and pretends to piss on the stage and not one person smiles or laughs and like that was really hard for me to watch at home like you know how I can't watch people flopping like I just my skin breaks out in hives like I was like I cannot watch this and also Lanesha had me sweating when she was like I don't really have anything prepared like I don't have the right wigs or outfits I was gonna do Michelle Obama but since English is my second language and I, it's really not a strength of mine rue said don't do michelle obama so i have to do this like salsa dancer but i don't know how i was like no this is a nightmare like being unprepared and pushed on stage and having to do an impersonation like comedy show in another language that you don't really speak i know and i used to i used to think okay if you audition for the show you know that that's gonna be on the show but since then i found out that often the girls only have about three weeks to get ready for the show. They only get three weeks heads up. So what if you're weak in sewing, like even just finding like a sewing class, like a dance class, finding all these class classes that'll take you in while trying to make all the outfits for every runway in three weeks feels almost impossible. Absolutely. And if you still have to work every single day of those three weeks, like when the fuck are you going to have time or money to put together all this stuff. So I like my heart was gone completely out for her. And and that was, you know, it was tough to watch as well. This was probably mm-hmm. one of the worst snatch games overall that we ever see in the show's history. Like this probably had like the least laughs, the least positive scores for the people involved. Only two people did even okay. And that was Jinx in Alaska. In Alaska, they were like, you could have done better. <laughs> yeah. Um Ollie and I call the snatch game the anxiety game because we get a lot of anxiety when it's about to start (laughs) over how many people bomb. It's usually more bad than it is good. Yeah, I'd say there's usually you can expect about a 50-50 success to failure ratio in there. Some years there's more success and you can actually get like several laughs from several characters in one snatch game, which is like an A plus performance. That's all you can really hope for. And then in some, there's almost no laughs. And then, then it's really, really rough. Like Shea Coulee, whatever the one was where she flopped in it, that was another one of the worst ones overall, but that might've been all stars. Yeah. I just, I just listened to sugar and spice who are from season 15. Talk, talk to Trisha Paytas. Cause they, one of them impersonated her on the snatch game. And RuPaul was just like, who are you? Like, what is this? <laughs> they also did a terrible impersonation, but it's like the history right. of Trisha Paytas. If you don't, if you're like RuPaul, like a 60-year-old who lives mostly in Wyoming and doesn't want to yeah. have anything to do with these kids. Like, you're not going to get, you're not going to get any of the references. You're not going to get it. Yeah. And the show has been out of Rue's hands for some time now. Like they obviously have to cater to more than just RuPaul and like people are not punished for bringing their little Gen Z references along, I would say, but doesn't mean RuPaul will remember your name. He definitely doesn't know who sugar and spice are. Uh, no, <laughs> certain, certainly not. Well, they, they were, they were also saying that behind the scenes that, that their whole thing is being a Gen Z shtick. Like their whole thing is being, they're they're only really TikTokers. They're not interested in the nightlife. They have anxiety, you know, that, that kind of classic Gen Z thing. And they were like, yeah, we also got the game of it and we're trying to work around it. And Michelle and Rue hated us for it. Yeah. So, 
Coco Montrese in her confessional is talking about how bad the Snatch Game was. And this was when I realized that at this point, they didn't have the same clothes that they wore each, each time in the confessionals. And Coco Montrese is wearing a black baseball hat with the word diva written on it in strips of green duct tape. Oh, really? Duct tape? It was duct tape. Yeah. Like that she had stuck on. But then later in the episode, I saw Alaska with a tank top with something in duct tape written on. And I was like, I guess they just got bored and were doing this backstage to their regular clothes. But now it's just so much more of a thing. Like they come with their confessional looks, you know, they basically they come are putting... with merch. They've already got a catchphrase worked out and like a merch line ready to go and a single ready to go on day one. Yeah. Which sometimes works to their benefit and often doesn't. A lot of them now just go into debt from being on the show. Oh really? That sucks. I know it's not a guaranteed plot uh, platform anymore. There's a, interesting vice article about how many of them go into tens of thousands of dollars of debt to be on the show and they could get eliminated early on or even make it through but just not really be a fan favorite and then by the end of the year there's like two more cycles that have happened there's all stars and then another one like they're they're forgotten about when there used to be like 50 queens yeah, there was one cycle each year, only one show, one winner. And mm-hmm. only the like top five would really break out at all. And then, I mean, the industry of drag has exploded. Like, it is a much more mainstream and profitable industry, touring, et cetera, now. Yeah. But even still, it's still niche. Like, it's still, it's not the same as going on The Bachelor or a Sam yeah. competition even. Yeah, but it's pretty. Yeah, it's it's pretty big within its world. But yeah, at the time, you could wear mall clothes in your confessional and on the runway. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you would be a star. So different time. But- yeah, nobody had really like lip filler coming in. Like detox was considered at this point like a very like plastic. LA queen like so much filler so much work had been done and now she looks oh natural to me (laughs) like she looks more natural than like Kylie Jenner oh yeah yeah now it's like every contestant coming in who's like I've been watching this show since I was five (laughs) they come Mm -hmm. in you know plumped and looking what what used to be called all-stars face when they'd all come back with fillers um from their riches but that's another Getting their teeth fixed. The show. Yeah. Season five, the teeth were raw. The back rolls were out. And it was fine. It was yes. fine to just look like a normal person. But that's why I've been maintaining that this is such a great season. But <laughs> yeah. More and than I, just I, back I, rolls. That's for sure. I like a little back roll. I like a little jaggedy we teeth. Do. Yeah. We... <laughs> jaggedy teeth. <laughs> you know. I don't know why that disagrees <laughs> <sighs> a little rough a little rough around the edges uh but it's new day in the workroom oh wait i want to just <laughs> i've been trying to remember a thought for... <laughs> it came back to me okay <laughs> look this is not npr okay um <laughs> i just can't believe you said it's a new day in the workroom well no i meant <laughs> yeah actually i don't know i did i guess i just wanted i've always wanted to say that but one of the cutest parts is when um katya is talking to her producer and all shares too and she's like i hate giving you guys the it's the new day in a workroom voice clip and they're like you do them so good and she's like really okay it's a new day in the workroom (laughs) yeah (laughs) well katya's yeah katya's been beloved from from the start but I just wanted to say in relation to all the queens coming through that, oh my God, I lost. <laughs> no, we're fighting for the, that one last brain cell. That it's one like, you last got it? brain cell. <laughs> yes, I remembered. It is that in All Stars, the fact that All Stars happens every year, it is some stars 
All Stars used to be incredible <laughs> when it was every couple of years. And it really upsets me that it's every year now because they're just scrounging from the depths of the early seasons. And it is not good. All Stars has become one of my least favorite aspects of the franchise. Yeah, it has been watered down to the point of being meaningless. And like even like back in the day, <laughs> in season five, for example, <laughs> they had half the cast was really really talented front runners in in it to win it and then the other five were filler queens like actual real filler queens who don't have a chance of winning and we don't really your vivian panays your double elimination queens <laughs> yeah your honey mahogany years waltzing in um, and waltzing out in their little mall ivy outfits. winters yeah i look back at this season and some of them have gone into obscurity i mean Thanks for reminding yeah. me about J. Jolie being like a Taylor impersonator. But like, where's Lanesha Sparks? Where's Monica Beverly Hills? I've Penny seen J. Jolie pop up at runways. <laughs> I've been like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so <laughs> shocked each time. She wasn't good nor talented on her season, but she is good for her. Clawed and girl bossed her way onto that red carpet. Yeah. Serena Chacha as well came back, didn't she? They brought Serena Chacha back for All Stars. That's what I'm talking about. Egregious. What, is, what has happened to society? I, w- I miss when men could be men and real, real but queens were on All Stars. They haven't invited Penetration yet on the All Stars, so there still That's is coming a up lineup. next. I bet. I bet you. <sighs> There's. Did you now that you watch this current season? Did you see the Queen a mandatory meeting? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It Hilarious. makes me laugh every Absolutely. time. That's a 10 out of 10 drag name. I know. I know. There's some there's some queens that just make me giggle every time. For this past season of Canada's Drag Race, there was a queen called Melinda Verga. Verga means like dick in like slang in Spanish. And my Linda is like my beautiful, like my beautiful dick. Anyway, just just <laughs> It's the little things. It's the little things that get you. Anyhow, so it is a new day in the workroom, and we hear another Alaska Talks roll call, and I'm like, you guys are going to regret this when you watch it back. This is embarrassing. But Jade asks Alyssa if she's happy that she had immunity. Just a little dig, because her performance was so bad in Snatch Game. Yeah, and she's like, listen, celebrity impersonation is just not in my gig. Like, that is not me. Um... And just just for a moment, imagine she had gone with her second choice of Kim Richards from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That could have been fucking iconic. That would have been iconic. I, oh my God. We were robbed of that. I know. I feel like it would have changed the course of history, but <laughs> we missed out. We really missed out. Yeah. And she says, like, look, the number one drag queen in America isn't going to be touring and doing comedy, which... Spoiler alert, that is currently happening. Exactly what happened. Yep. <laughs> yep. But then Jinx says that she should have prepared because she knew Snatch Game would happen. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not really an excuse, which is true. And then Jay Jolie says that Alyssa should have been more prepared with her runways. And yeah. she says that the, the view I had from the save zone was not too cute. <laughs> Yeah, she's so mad. She's staying mad that Alyssa said she was the weakest in the group last week. Um, okay, when, when Alyssa's like, America's Next Drag Superstar is not going to tour the country as a comedian. She needs to be sickening. Do the math. <laughs> I was like, I I'm fucking obsessed with do the math. And for two girls with some learning disabilities, I can't do math. That is truly our catchphrase like it it do applies to every level of our life fucking do the math she has to be sickening okay you do the math <laughs> you do the math one plus one equals two hello is just so convinced of her own gorgeousness and sickeningness i love her so much anyway i do t- no i do too this is another <laughs> i have like segments of clips from these shows and various interviews that i watch on on a rainy day um, and anything by Alyssa Edwards is one of them. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Her mega mix. The Alyssa Edwards mega mix. <laughs> that goes to like 
back rolls, back rolls, back rolls. Do you know the one? No. Okay. Well, I'll I'll send it after you. (laughs) This is, it's so good. Okay. Absolutely. I got to post a bunch of clips. Some of our favorite little. We're furiously taking notes, filling our notebook. (laughs) That's actually what's happening though. When I'm watching these shows. You're at Whole Things Laboratories. We've got our typewriters just flying off. We are strapped to the beast, okay? And we don't yes. we don't let go. So <laughs> Alyssa counters back. So Jay says that her runway was not cute. And Alyssa counters back and is like, what's your problem? Um, Coco, in the meanwhile, in her confessional, is just harping on Jinx, saying Jinx is all comedy, no glamour. And Jinx, in her confessional, is in tears, saying that she's not taken seriously in Seattle or here. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm so tired of fighting about how my drag is valid and, like, it's okay to be different. Like, yeah, it's really sad. It, it's sad, but it's, like, such an amazing underdog story. True. Like, how, like how The ultimate profit- winner's edit is being I an know, underdog. Like, and it's so profitable for, for Jinx to have have that underdog story. Yeah. Yeah, the, the tension from, like, the flop... Um, day before this flop snatch game has infected the workroom and everybody has their backs up everybody is super tense super insecure because everybody shit the bed except for jinx so they're coming for jinx yeah it's rough yeah the popular girls are upset Rolaska talks like everyone's upset um and they're putting their makeup on and things are simmering and suddenly they reach a boiling point <laughs> so we're mid we're mid face and in the middle of the beat is not a good time to pause and have a fight but it's so fucking time they look so freaky with like their under makeup blocking but not the like finish touch on so coco has like neon orange contour neon pink like block eyeshadow on and Alyssa you know can't help but <laughs> get a little word in it's basically like to no no one's surprised my favorite moments from the show are when they fight when they're half done up or <laughs> when they've just gotten off a runway and they're wearing crazy costumes and they start fighting <laughs> I love nothing more <laughs> and then we hear uh, an infamous moment Miss Coco, you're gonna have to do a little bit more pink in the eye. Well, you concerned about what's going on over here when you need to be worried about what's going on over there with that same makeup you've been running on the runway every single time. Girl, look how orange you fucking look, girl. You're Don't used to being with my me up and being behind me. Don't switch the game up now, mama. Okay, now, Miss Alyssa. Now you pushed it. Miss Coco, you're taking it personal. I'm joking. Oh, now I'm not joking, bitch. you gonna call me a runner up. You ain't never won nothing. By default, mama, you took that picture by default. No, I took that picture because you couldn't do the job, bitch. Wow. Wow. History was made that day. History was made. When when Trump was in the running for president the first time, I saw so many, like, girl, look how orange you look (laughs) signs at the protest. Orange you fucking look, girl. (laughs) Yeah. just something about the bookending girl. That just is so funny with just a simple look how fucking orange you <laughs> It's so simple and it's so perfect because she looked so goddamn orange in that moment that she couldn't possibly defend herself. <laughs> it is an incredible... Uh, yeah. observation of the current moment that rippled out throughout history and time. <laughs> yeah. Back to the time space continuum. You need to tell your friend that she looks fucking orange. Look how fucking orange. Girl, look how fucking orange you look, girl. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and we we constantly are quoting Coco. I'm not joking, constantly. bitch. At all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <laughs> what you need to say to convey how serious the matter really is yes absolutely oh Oh, wow what a a joyful moment in time but and then right after that someone's like this is about to get ugly and then someone pops up with you know what's ugly poverty (laughs) (laughs) thank 
you for reframing this to what is important. This was actually you know really important. ugly. Injustice, poverty, death. Like we're, you know, look at us where we are right now. We're this RuPaul's was an important social moment. <laughs> it was actually the fight was just to bring attention to the increasing wealth gap that ravages our nation. Absolutely. I just I just saw this Bianca Del Rio talking to Valentina about the whole like her not, not wanting to take her mask off. She was like, COVID. I was trying to warn everyone a year, <laughs> two years ahead of time. I didn't want to take the mask off. I I tried to tell you all. I'd like to keep it on, please. <laughs> yeah. It's a what lip a, sync. What a trailblazer. But yeah, so, in so many ways. We love Valentina, but um, we do. We do. It's it's a new day not in the workroom. Because now no. we're moving to the runway portion and God this runway is it's looking worse than a middle school fashion class runway show. The wigs are flat and cheap. The makeup is unblended. We don't know about blending. We don't know about eyebrows. The runways are off the rack or worse, just gathered up random fabric, hot glued in different parts. Like it's tough. I know. And I remembered the style being so much better than it was because all of these queens have competed on all-star seasons with incredible results. And so I was just, it was one jump scare after another. Everything about this runway. I can't believe actually how different this rewatch was, like how different my eyes and brain have become since the first time I watched it and what my expectations were then. Like, I know it honestly felt like I was watching like we've entered another reality and this is like a completely new piece of media I've never seen before because I could not the outfits are unbelievable almost (laughs) I know and we have and even down to judges Santino Rice of Project Runway reject god that was like seeing a hand come out of a grave and fucking grab you I was like Santino no his little his little whiny voice being like, I don't really like this style, ladies. I'm like, get the what are you doing here? He was on for multiple seasons. I, so many seasons. He was a permanent judge and he looks fucking embalmed. He's so creepy. He doesn't bring anything whatsoever to the show except for some crude comments every now and again. It's like You know he's straight. I did hear that. <laughs> uh, he has labeled himself. I'm just all of them are reason to be like, did they just, at this point, was the show unpopular enough that they just asked everyone to be a, a judge? And like, no I think one he was said- supposed to represent like a serious fashion viewpoint on the judges panel. Like right. they had Rue, they had Michelle. Michelle did kind of a faux, you know, girl group. <laughs> and yeah. they needed someone from like the fashion side of things. But first of all, we're not dealing with fashion at this point. So there was no need for that. And Santino brings the creepiest uncle vibes possible to this panel. So, so creepy. I know. I know it it was absolutely jarring. And yeah, it, it's really shocking how much things have changed just in terms of how many A-listers are now guest judges. But at the time, it was yeah. still kind of coming out of being a spoof of America's Next Top Model. It still had the remnants of that. Yeah, and, like, it used to be that celebrities didn't want to align their brand with the LGBTQ community. Like, it was, like, unless you are gay, why would you be involved with this? Like, you know, then flash forward to they got Christina Aguilera, Ariana Grande, like, all these, like, Lady Gaga. mainstream names. Yeah, Lady Gaga. Those were some of the biggest premieres when they were, get, like... Still very gag worthy to go back and watch. But yeah, I don't know. It was like, it it was a more secretive feel to the gay community, like back in the early, early seasons. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it was very like Z-list stars, which kind of added to that. Um, yeah, it was who, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember when Lena, Lena Dunham was the guest judge and- everyone was upset or not upset they were just like oh here she is they didn't even get up when she like walked backstage in the workroom and came and she's like hey queen 
stations like came to see you when you're doing your makeup most of them are just like oh and didn't even like move from their stations and like <laughs> one of them didn't even they were like practicing a lip sync and didn't even like look over at her and she's yeah like, oh she's really serious they're like yeah you <laughs> yeah, kind of like, haven't really come at a good time yeah and when like christina went back there like people literally like took to her feet like just like kneeling as they should like little kids <laughs> yeah, yeah lady gaga they're like talking about how she's saved all their lives no i mean that's that's what yeah you would like out of if you're gonna be a guest judge going backstage like you have to be someone who's so big that they like it's a life-changing moment to meet you and they need like some extra time with you lena that was uninvited and unwanted <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the reaction she got was about as embarrassing as a double elimination. <laughs> yeah. But as for this runway, um, it comes to a conclusion and Jinx wins, of course. And Detox and Linacia Sparks are lip syncing. Linacia Sparks goes home. And that's the end of that episode. The wow, next okay. episode could be called back rolls <laughs> colloquially um i i did make some notes from the judging panel i liked when oh, um, michelle's when michelle was talking about jinx she's like she completely committed to the bit should be committed <laughs> but i'm oh, begging yeah. for glamour it's just so classic michelle and so funny and um and julie brown said that kesha came off just like an annoying skank <laughs> <laughs> which is so rough because detox actually worked repeatedly with kesha and i thought that when rupaul called up uh Alyssa and was like you're safe because of this like immunity that you have but i just want you to know that you absolutely ruined this Katy perry impression and you need to tweet to her tonight apologizing to her hashtag rupology <laughs> and she was like i will and she did. <laughs> the tweet is so funny. It's like, sorry for not serving hashtag Katy Perry realness. <laughs> Love you, girl. <laughs> hashtag for apology. Yeah. Like, we we all need to be thinking about how to apologize in our lives more. Who we oh need to apologize to. <laughs> RuPaul needs to listen to whatever Gen Z employee is like, stop doing the hashtags. Because still in the year 2024, he's like, now the main challenge. Hashtag RuPaul's Drag Race season 16. It's like... <laughs> Okay. You know what? No one has used that. No one's going to use it. Let's try a different strategy here. Yeah, and it goes completely against the entire idea about hashtags and organizing things easily into one hashtag. You you really just have the one, whatever it is. R-P-D-R. Yeah. R. RuPaul it's two words RuPaul's Drag Race yeah it does get the full RPDR <laughs> yeah RuPaul 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 um which is also RuPaul's birth name yeah RuPaul Charles what a de- what a destined thing yeah a fortune teller told his mom that your son's going to be extremely famous so you better give him a name that's one of a kind wow <laughs> yeah I'm sure that fortune teller was telling every parent that. (laughs) That fortune teller was just really committed to getting some like unique and special names out there. They're like, yeah, 20 years from now, someone's going to come back and be like, this one new. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that is, that is the conclusion of that episode. What a delight. What a joy. Yeah. It's fun to get in the time machine. That's for sure. What a time machine. I know 2013 that we felt like we just defrosted a caveman and studied mm-hmm. him basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for us to go defrost or rather <laughs> cool off after that hot hot episode after drinking that hot tea. Yeah. We need to oh chill God, out. I hate. I... <laughs> yes, yeah, it's true. Uh we love you guys we love you guys so much and you can check us out on instagram it's become a whole thing or sammy whole thing follow sammy sammy you're like you're climbing up there with your followers correct 300 or what what are we talking here 300 and change of my best friends yes 
the it's like a VIP room, but you can be part of it if you follow. <laughs> and, and most most importantly, check us out on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, most importantly, yeah, fuck the Instagram. <laughs> check us out on patreon.com slash it's become a whole thing. We put out an extra episode every week and we love you guys so much. Bye. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.